win with never men. No matter who you trust, you simply cannot win. It's always fun in the beginning, but it's pain in the end. Pain, pain, pain. Got a gun in my mouth, threw me on the floor, called my girl a whore, put 10 G's out of my mattress and was looking for more, cracked my safe with an axe, then he'll out to the map, when they see my money kicking it in 20 G stacks, book me on 10 counts, with bells a different amount, the charges stuck like glue, some that I couldn't pronounce, they threw my ass the book, my life was surely took, then they gave my girl 10 years for hanging out with a crook, she played the game herself, fast lane, quick wealth, no respect for the law, or the city's health, the sweat of hustlers greed, is not reserved for men. It's fun in the beginning, but it's pain in it. Yeah, that ain't nothing. Cause when I get out of here, I'ma get right back in the money. Cause they don't know that I know what time it is, you see. I done learned something. I did half my time, but I didn't learn more when I was in here. And I'ma go right back out and get paid. You understand what I'm saying? Cause I did half my time. Word. I only got nine years left. Yo, Eva, what's up, man? They be bugging. They won't play our records on the radio, man. Say we violent, man. They need to look at the news, you know what I'm saying? Somebody need to kill that noise. And what you doing with that up under your shirt? Oh, man, it's time we put some head out. this ounce of words is just a token is he who has a tongue to tell that must remain unspoken
almost forced to watch children's shows because that is all the time. And there's a very good reason for this. No matter where you turn on the dial, you're always going to find a kiddie show. And that is because the station makes such a killing on the kiddie show. You literally have to put it on. And it's a very low-cost show to put it on. First of all, they need an announcer. Preferably is not too bright to begin with. In fact, the closer his mental age to the kids, Show. Uh, they need an oversized mom costume or Buster Brown suit for him to wear. Uh, they need some bleachers for the kids to sit in, a studio audience, and a cartoon machine with these four basic ingredients represent any children's show. This is my sort of a stereotype of all kids' shows. Uh, boys and girls, we're going to go on the air in just a minute. And uh, one thing I have to tell you... Be <laughs> During the cartoon, you boys and girls can't talk in the studio because that goes out over the air, see? And we've instructed our announcers, if you boys and girls talk during the cartoon, they're instructed to belt you right in the mouth. <laughs> Get the, okay, boys and girls, we're going to get ready for the show, and there's the announcer man, and he's going to talk in that mic, and now I'll come back and, and talk to you, boys and girls. Hey, thank you. before I get into the mailbag. Um, <laughs> Come on out, boys and girls. Let's settle down now, boys and girls. That isn't nice to laugh at Uncle Freddy like that. You don't laugh at your mommies and daddies. You do laugh at your mommy? <laughs> Two announcements I have to make, boys and girls. As you know, we usually show the Three Stooges cartoons on Thursday. But uh, as I mentioned last week, they've been holding Uncle Freddy up on price. <laughs> and uh, Uncle Freddy has decided not to buy that show. I have bought a new cartoon show, which isn't quite as expensive. I think you boys and girls will enjoy very much. Call the Army Training Films. <laughs> Tune today, boys and girls, is Frostbite, so you want to be sure and watch that. <laughs> oh, 
uh, one other announcement, boys and girls. Today, we're adding the name of a new sponsor to our blacklist. <laughs> we're adding the name of Pops, new breakfast cereal. And of course, all the members, uh, boys and girls in good standing in the Uncle Freddy Club, that of course means you can't have Pops for breakfast in the morning. <laughs> or uh, play with any little boys and girls who do eat Pops. <laughs> comes to us from Arnie Peterson. It's written in crayon. <laughs> we've, uh, we've asked you boys and girls to please be careful in Bernice's letter, because Uncle Freddy can't always make out all your words. <laughs> This, this one says, Dear Uncle Freddy, Parf? Part? Well, uh, we're going to start printing these from now on, boys and girls, aren't we? <laughs> the part of the show that I enjoy the most is when you talk to Mr. Puppet. Uh, well, we'll, we'll be doing that on Friday. And, um, he says, all the little boys and girls in my neighborhood come in and watch it on my TV set. We roll on the floor and hold our sides. <laughs> And my mommy, that looks like, uh, told me to sit down and write you this letter. And uh, that, as I said, is from uh, Arnie uh, Peterson, and he's 34. <laughs> What's your name? Brucie. Uh-huh. And, and how old are you, Brucie? You're four. W would you like to see bye, Brucie? <laughs> then don't talk in the studio. There is, uh, there is one little letter I did want to bring up because we've received a number of them like this. Uh, this is from a uh, Freddie Ferno. Freddie Ferno, is that? He's age seven. And... Um, he writes and he says, Dear Uncle Freddy, I sent in for the $27 decoding ring. <laughs> and the three rooms of carpeting. <laughs> and instead I got back some pictures of older girls in sort of bathing suits. slip up in Uncle Freddy's office, uh, boys and girls. That's a little service Uncle Freddy runs for some of the older boys and girls. <laughs> so if, 
um, you might hang on to him for 10 or 12 years, Freddie, or um, maybe you might uh, want to send it back to Uncle Freddie, and I'll send you back the magic decoder. Uh, don't mail him, Freddie. <laughs> And we start marching, and that'll be the signal for our cartoon. Okay, everybody start marching and wave to your mommies and daddies as you go by the camp. That's the way, boys and girls. Keep waving. That's the way. Let's keep going, son. That's the way. Right out the door, Mark Fire Escape. There you go. <laughs>
Mutiny Radio out of M. This is Flat Black Pleasant Joe. Thanks for listening. Go to the website. You donate money, come down and hear people tell funny stories. Come back. I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on MutinyRadio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... uh, Aren't they good? Well, they're... Well, they're chosen by you. And here's his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Michael Spiegelman. A sketch show. We are so... We are so excited. Uh, <laughs> hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. This is L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T, which is where you can find us on the RSS feed if you're looking for a new podcast. We are also broadcasting live on mutinyradio.fm, as we do every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's spelled right on the flyer. L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Our, our new flyer is out. And we are actually listed as L-W-A-F-L-M-O-T-Y. With Michael Spiegelman as P-E-I-G-E-F. Last year it was uh, S-P-I-G-A-G-O-L-E. I'm going to close the door. Spiegel, doesn't anybody speak German? It's like mirror. Spiegel. I E is the E sound in German. They're dumb coughs. Anyway, but it's all right. It's a really sweet flyer, so you should check it out. And you should go to miniradio.fm and check out the website there. Uh, we also have... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That was a dumb cough. Oh, you're, that was a dumb cough. Oh, you and your German humor. <laughs> we, uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook. Let's watch full-length movie on YouTube. Blogspot. Let's watch full-length movie on YouTube.blogspot.com. And we're also, with our acronym, on Twitter... YouTube and uh, Twitch, which we will be broadcasting live on Twitch. Wow, that's great news. That's great news, isn't it? I just thought yeah. of it. Well, but we should Twitch. do it. Twitch. Mm-hmm. Which Twitch? Oh, God. Yeah, we'll be ready for them. So, what we do here on the show is we watch a full length movie on YouTube. Uh, my name is Mike Spiegelman. I'm here in San Francisco, keeping safe. I hope everyone else is. And also, we have Carl on the line uh, from New Jersey, Kvini and Carl. Yes, good evening, and uh, I am, it's afternoon for you, but I am on the East Coast, but not Jersey. I am actually talking to you in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Nice. There's a weird buzz on that phone. I have a weird buzz. Uh, Oh, cool. So you're calling from Virginia, but it's still East Coast time as our show starts at 5 p.m. East Coast time. So, Carl. Bingo. I think we uh, promoted the show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, You can catch us again. What is the movie we're watching today? Today we are watching Hot Dog, the movie, not Hamburger. We've done that. Hot Dog, the movie. We have done Hamburger, the movie. This was the movie beforehand. Hamburger, yeah. the movie, was directed and written by the writer of Hot Dog, the movie. I don't know about that anymore. 
The guy's name is Mike Marvin. Is that the writer of Hot Dog? I guess. Uh, hamburger, hamburger. I well, we'll we'll find out. It's on our blog spot uh, for more information, as okay. well as our Twitter. So, okay, so uh, the movie's called Hot Dog. The movie. How can people find it? Who's hosting it on uh, on YouTube? Okay, so. I simply typed in Hot Dog the Movie, no year. It is the year 1983, if you care to do that. It's, what came up was Hot Dog the Movie SD, and it's a, it's a Polish, I don't know, it's Polish Dar Hot Oslaw, A-A-R-O-S-L-A-W. Right. Oh, and that's nice. He ends with the word Poland to indicate that he is from Poland. Yes. All right, so He's go. a pod Kurpaki, uh, Polska. Oh, boy. So what we're going to do is we're going to watch this movie on YouTube uh, to experience the full concept of this two-hour podcast. Watch the movie and listen to us at the same time. You know what? Or, you know, tune us out and listen to the movie or tune the movie out and watch us. Listen to us. <laughs> doesn't matter. Just follow Just our feed. Just join us. Just yeah. join us. All right. So uh, we are here. Uh, I got the uh, – I went to Hot Dog the Movie. I am. I pit paused and it's at zero, zero. We're going to have Paul Brumbaugh from the podcast. Microphone. Check, 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 check. Oh, it's that one. Good evening, and welcome to Mutiny Radio. You're listening to House of Pride featuring Late Night Bubbles with Bernadette. All right. How's everybody doing out there? I'm really excited to uh, come back to Mutiny Radio and do a little show for you. Uh, this evening, we're going to feature um, a few little songs that Leo Frappier uh, did for me. And I am going to try and figure out how to plug this in. Um, I'm really excited. You can check out SoundCloud, uh, Bernadette Bubbles, if you want to check it out. Um, let's see how we can get this music going. Uh, feel free if anybody wants to call in, it's 415-550-0511. You're listening to Mutiny Radio.
Listening to Late Night Bubbles on Mutiny Radio. This is House of Pride, and Tweeka Turner is your weekly co-host. And um, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in the world and how we can make some changes. I'm a little bit concerned about all these fires going on in Vallejo and down in Southern California and up in the north in Marin. Um, it's been a really challenging um, time with fire and climate change. And I want to encourage everybody to go out and vote and make sure that you show your um, anti-Trumpness. Uh, we cannot operate in a world where we are not taking care of ourselves and our environment. Uh, we have people protesting daily at uh, the Capitol building. We have Jane Fonda. We have lots of people trying to make radical changes. And I think it's really important that we create a world where everyone can appreciate our beautiful nature and globe. And if we keep going at the rate we are, we're going to be screwed. And I feel like we are already seeing some of that. Um, but anyway, if you want to take a chat about that, 415-550-0511. And I'm going to play another little tune for you. And we'll see if you like this one.
All right. So we have Halloween around the corner. I'm really excited. Uh, I just wanted to promote uh, Peaches Christ is doing the Terror Vault uh, over at the Mint downtown. So check that out. There's only a few nights left. I'm going to try and head over there tomorrow. It's going to be crazy. Um, Here in the mission, there's going to be El Dia de los Muertos. And I hope you go check that out. That's always a fun walk around the neighborhood. Um, But yeah, we have lots going on um, in the upcoming months. Uh, Down the street at the Box Factory on November 6th, we have a poetry night. Um, on the 11th, we have uh, Burning Stories uh, with the Connected with Burning Man org. Um, yeah, and lots going on. So I hope you uh, get out this month and enjoy yourself. It's kind of the beginning of the winter hours. We have a time change coming up. So try and stay active and do some fun stuff and be good to yourself. songs by uh myself but leo frappier produced those and you can check those out on bernadette bubbles on soundcloud i excited to have some songs up there uh they're all covers and fun uh performance songs that i've done uh but it's been really fun to get into the studio and work with leo um i look forward to doing more in the future i'm currently doing some songwriting and getting back on the guitar and um putting something together so anyway i am looking forward to having twiga swing in and we have about 15 minutes left if you want to give me a call at 415-550-0511 here at mutiny radio um that would be great and would love to chat with you And I'm trying to put on a little uh, community service announcement, but I don't see where they are. Um, See if I can find those. But anyway, hope everyone is enjoying their evening and working hard. Mutiny Radio is at the corner of 21st and Florida, um, across from Donatera's amazing little taqueria i think they've been in the mission for almost 20 years so come on down and you're welcome to come into the studio and chat live or give us a call and i'm gonna put on another song let's see something a little bit more upbeat
All right. You're listening to Late Night Bubbles Takeover on House of Pride at Mutiny Radio. I'm really excited. It's the holiday season. We have uh, Thanksgiving coming up, Christmas, New Year's, and hopefully this will be a nice warm summer without fires and um, hopefully our world will be changing soon uh lots of people are a little disillusioned these days lots going on in the world that are it's very challenging and we got to keep our spirits up and be positive and hang in there and um yeah i'm looking forward to 2020 and some big changes um it's so fun to be back here in the studio i haven't been in this little uh, studio in forever. Uh, I was a DJ here at Mutiny Radio for a few years and also a radio host over at Radio Valencia for three or four years. So it's always fun to get back on the radio waves and do a little podcast for you. Um, but yeah, we have about 10 minutes left and hopefully our Fabulous Tweaka Turner will be here and we can spin some more tunes. Um, but wanted to uh, give you the phone number again if you want to call in 415-550-0511. And let's see. Alrighty. Let's see what else we have. Hmm. There's a little slow one for you.
You're listening to Mutiny Radio. Dot FM. You can check us out. We have a ton of radio programs. Uh, I'm looking for the schedule. I'm not sure who is doing what these days, but you can check it out online and uh, see all the shows. Uh, when I used to be here, we had programming on the hour and not around the clock, uh, usually until about 2 a.m. in the morning. But uh, I know there's shows every day, um, usually in the evenings, and then definitely on the weekends. So there's lots of comedy going on, uh, lots of little shows. We have bands, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, and then definitely partake in some of the street festivals uh, around the neighborhood. Um, anyway, we have about, let's see, seven minutes left. And I'm really interested to... Uh, chat with any of you out there, 415-550-0511. Happy to take your phone call. And um, I'll be sitting in once in a while helping tweak it out. And uh, hopefully we can get a fun little format going and get some guests going on. Uh, normally, Late Night Bubbles is a uh, radio show that features local artists, musicians, politicians, doctors, Lawyers, drag queens, you name it. Anyone who's freaky, doing something cool, um, any activists, I love to talk with them and um, chat it up and uh, promote artists and uh, just have a good old time on the radio show. But anyway, I hope that you are all headed home from work and cracking a beer, a glass of wine, some bubbles, and relaxing, and doing whatever it is you do in your evening routine and enjoying. Um, but anyway, I'm gonna play another tune for you, and wishing you all a really fun Halloween. Uh, let's see. Baby, this is what you came for Lightning strikes every time she moves And everybody's watching her But she's looking at Feels like it's almost Friday, but it's only Wednesday. This week is going by too slow. You're listening to House of Pride at Mutiny Radio with Bernadette doing late night bubbles. Hope everybody's doing great out there.
All right. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and tuning in to Mutiny Radio, a house of pride, late night bubbles with Bernadette. And just want to say have a good evening, everyone, and look forward to chatting with you next time. Cast Edge of Insanity on one of our show, the show right that precedes us if you're listening live to do the countdown. Go ahead and uh, get the mic up and do it. All right, guys, I know. All right, get the mic up. Yeah, Feeds, get the mic up. All right, here we go, guys. Get your finger hovering over that play button in three, two, one, go. All right, thank you, Paul. Ah. Thank you, Paul, for that. Thank you, Paul. This film has no problem. Hi, Carl. Hi, one, two, ready to do. Carl, is this the TV edit version? Is there going to be tits or no? I don't know because. Oh, okay, but it said it was modified. Uh, yeah, it was modified to fit your screen because usually they play it on uh, a movie screen, and if you know, if it's got to fit onto a little YouTube thing now, so they modified. Yeah, now it's the same thing. All right, here we are. Yeah. Is he the good guy or the bad guy? Oh, he's our hero. He's the good guy, Harkin. He, he's not. He's a slob or a snob in this movie. He is a. He's an innocent boy who's going to California to be in a ski contest, and he is very talented. His name's Patrick Hauser in real life, but he's Harkin Banks. Harkin Banks. Oh, it Harkin Banks to the days when we used to ski. Harkin Banks to way back when. Oh, Harkin Banks. He was in two other movies, and he was in this short-lived TV show called The Outlaws, or Outlaws. But really, today, he's he's an author. He oh. writes um, nice jump. Fathers to Be handbook and a roadmap for the tradition transition to fatherhood. He's a he's an author now. <sighs> I wish I knew that beforehand. I would have read his book. Yeah, it's a little late for us both. Yeah. Well maybe we could go, that's so Hudson. Or I don't know, I Hudson <laughs> harken back to a different that's age. Harken back to your book. Harkin yeah, Banks. it's a very strict upbringing. It harkens back to the old days. <laughs> so we're watching a man ski and we're listening to a... Would you be jealous if, if you were at the studio and a band next to you was jamming like this? Are you... Okay, so I don't hear well the... the you have a band playing on your side? Yeah, I do. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Huh. It's playing in the background because we want to get sued. I turned it off but it's one of those inspirational 80s songs well, you know this this movie this prototype of a ski competition it's based on Caddyshack right 
The snobs versus the no, slobs. No, 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 no. It's based on this guy. Uh, this guy's life. Um, he he was okay. His name's Mike Marvin, and he grew up in this town where we're gonna where the movie will take place. He was a skier, but and he was on all you know. He's on the circuit. He was a professional skier, but he also made skiing movies, and that led him to Hollywood. Because he skied there by mistake. <laughs> yep. Yeah. His skis were making that screech noise. <laughs> People were yelling, get off the intersection of Hollywood and Vine. <laughs> oh, I think I'm in Hollywood. He must be Polish. He's got the ski on the, uh, on the end. You know, I had a Polish friend go into, uh, he was in a store and he said, excuse me, I like a bologna sandwich with uh, pickles and mayonnaise. The guy said, are you Polish? He goes, why? Because I like bologna with pickles and mayonnaise? He said, no, this is dry cleaners. <laughs> uh, you told me that joke a year ago. <laughs> I turned it into a Polish joke. How about that? There you go. Yeah, you turned it into. And that's appropriate for what we're seeing right now. Because it involves skis. Lots of. A lot of skiing. Yeah, I mean, it's not. he's not Polish, but he does grab poles by the neck. So this is his commute to um, California, to Squaw Valley, California, which Sweet. was the location of 1960s Olympics, Winter Olympics. Good old school, but now by the 80s, it's a shattered remains. Right. And Hobos. Like movies. Yeah. yeah. The syphilis from the Olympic Village alone <laughs> wiped out a generation of. Uh... Right. right. And it's dying out now. It's, it's so old, they're down to like two people with it last. Wow. That. So this is our heroine. Okay. All right. And she just and scattered all her cassette tapes are like just all on the ground. She's not going to be able to listen to them again. Yeah. So the cases are out. Mm-hmm. God, Thank her God they weren't vinyl. Sunny. Okay. Because it's a she's snow on movie. Her way to um, San Francisco. So she got kicked out of a car. So she, she just sort of blew off Harkin. Oh, I see. So that this this guy will never be seen again, or is this Harkin? This is Harkin, and then she's going to go, look, buddy, where are you going? She really sounds like um, Chatterbox. How about you? San Francisco. You remember Chatterbox? Want to ride? Chatterbox? What is that? That's our uh, review of the talking vagina. Oh, Chatterbox. Yeah. Oh, my God. The... the, The musical about a singing vagina and the, the <laughs> yeah. vagina when Virginia. I heard her voice. Right, perfect. Sounds like Sunny here in this movie. Yeah, now today she's a news person. She's a CBS correspondent. Oh, the actress. Uh, yeah, CBS News Sunday morning reports for evening, CBS Evening News with Scott Pelley, 48 hours. So she must get teased at the, uh, the company uh, Christmas party. Because she did this film, and she also was in Bachelor Party. That was her only <gasps> other film, in which she was one of those girls, you know, sure. in the party. Sure, that's the greatest Bright movie ever made. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that harkens Hanks back to a time. That harkens Hanks to a time where Tom Hanks, it harkens Hanks to a time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's all squeaky. Can you hear the movie playing off the board? Yeah. Okay, good. Because this, she, oh, by the way, the music in this film is horrible. I didn't even look up the soundtrack. It's just the exact movie you'd expect from an '80s. Well, movie. I mean, I, I think back of South Park, who did a, a ski school, a ski 
80s oh, yeah. competition movie and they had that, like a shitty theme song as well <laughs> well it's like in a world where um men without hats is on the radio and good in the world. world when van halen was just yesterday uh-huh that's where this these songs were born from so this is all new wave music we're listening to well it's like new wave meets 80s power pop it's like new wave meets van halen so it's like a bad. pub it's like they're still pub rockers and they're yeah. just like cranking out new wave songs but they're still playing the same bars right with the their new wave guys like devo with like um long hair of um uh bon jovi <laughs> if devo met bon jovi that's these songs <laughs> oh god forbid <laughs> it's awful Here's a motel. You know what that's for, right? Sleeping. Do you know the difference between a motel and a hotel? About $57, $58. It's about a difference of a continental breakfast. Uh, it's like the highways, the motorways. It's a motor hotel. Yeah, mo- motor te- right, hotel was the first, and then they said like a motorway. Right. So, like, a hotel would be in the middle of New York City, whereas a motel would be on the road to New York City. <laughs> I was watching that Medea movie with um, the one about Halloween. Which one, Boo or Boo 2? First one. All right, I've seen and both of them, full disclosure. It's when he's dressed up not as Medea, but as the, uh, gra- as the grandpa, like the yeah, uh-huh. Medea's significant other. <laughs> And there's these two old, you know, baths, and he goes. Those two are my favorite, by the way. <laughs> right. He goes. Um, he goes. I'll take you to a hotel if you hoes won't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. I love those. Harkin movies. doesn't get any tonight. Harkin will sleep. Uh, so he's he's not getting any. Right. Yeah. Right. He will be icing his balls. Now, who do you think has better friends? Medea or Ernest? Because I think Medea's friends are the best. Uh, Medea, definitely, because Medea's friends were her contemporaries back in the day when she was working the pole. But <laughs> <laughs> Ernest's friends are always like eight, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> right? He, this guy is 11. <laughs> yeah, he know? never has really. Uh, all right, good, good call. Good answer. Now, I guess they kissed and made up because here's Harkin and uh, Sonny running together, right? Well, it's not that they had a fight or something. It's that, don't try to pull any stuff. You know, she, she's not Chatterbox, right? Don't try to pull any stuff on me. And he didn't, like a gentleman. And so now she's starting to like him, you see. Oh, okay. As a matter of fact, she decides, forget California, forget San Francisco. I'll go with you to Squaw Valley, and you could be my boyfriend. And let's see what happens. She should have moved Arkansas to San Francisco like, in 83. Uh, you did. Right? No, uh, 93. No, 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 you hadn't graduated. Yeah, uh, no, I was still in. We, Carl and I know each other from New Jersey. We grew up together, and we did a public access show, of course, which you can find on YouTube as Fishburgers uh, from the 1990s. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I uh, in 83, I was still at, I think I just started Montclair High. I graduated middle school. I don't remember Sick Vic from, the comedian Sick Vic. Yeah, I don't think it, no, I don't know. Oh, that's right. Sick Vic said that he knew, knew me. Right. So from the thing high school. is, Sick Vic gets up on stage and he acts like he's a maniac, who's an axe murderer kind of person. It's all his personality, but he really does have some sort of ish. Like he's quirky. He's quirky. But one time I was sitting with him 
and I was talking to somebody else, and I mentioned your name, and he lit up. And all of wow. a sudden, he was like, boom, normal person. He goes, oh, Mike Spiegelman, I went to high school with him. He's a, So I don't know if this guy's acting. No, no, he probably, you know, I probably know Sick Vic. I just, you know, you said Mike Spiegelman. I mean, his persona on stage and off stage is he's a crazy, and I think he's really just a great actor. Because when he heard your name, he went, boom, to normal. I'm really more. He heard my first and last name. I just know his nickname and first name. So I just need, <laughs> I keep a yearbook with me. So I'll just to be a quick jaunt, you know, my, my head is like a yeah. sieve. Oh, here we go. Full frontal. Oh, I guess. Yeah. Yep. Full yeah. Hey, um, yep. Check Adam yep. Spiegelman's um, yearbook. I think he'll be in there. Oh, well, I have the, you know, my senior year uh, also includes junior, sophomore. Right. right but that's right, right. tougher because I usually abbreviate. She's still full frontal naked talking to them. Right. The joke here is, hey, whatever. Whatever. So well, Sonny's getting jealous even though they've never slept together because Harkin is like, yeah, baby. Wow, this movie. We saw pubes. <laughs> Maybe it's a Merc. Do you think it's a Merkin? No, no. They're young. Oh, all right. You wear the Merkin when you get older is what you're saying. Uh, I do. <laughs> I have a, a 70s Merkin and it's a mustache down there. <laughs> this is... Ladies and gentlemen, Merkin Banks. <laughs> Harking back to the Merkin era. Harkin, Merkin okay, so Banks. Now, it's got a waterbed. rented, right, they have rented like a honeymoon suite, but they didn't know it. Like he just said, this is the only room available. In the Notel Motel. Carl, what was that hotel that was right before the, uh, the, the, the Lincoln the Tunnel? Link okay, so I almost said the Lincoln. It was the York Motel. The York Motel. Yeah. Yeah. They, and uh, it had the famous headline uh, billboard with perverted stuff. Well, I remember one that said like uh, "ET phone home here" or uh, uh, yeah, it was usually like "reach out and touch someone here." Yeah, yeah. You can come here all the time. It was a, the classic Notel Motel, and it was the last motel before the Lincoln Tunnel in New Jersey. Right. Well, yeah. Okay. So that is its image, but the real Notel motels were the Lincoln Motel. This okay. one in Newark, this one in Irvington. Yeah, these are places in which really just don't go unless you have some sort of agenda. Some but, sort of... But here's the thing, like, there's people who live in hotels, right? Mm -hmm. not, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying people live in hotels, and so you go to a seedy hotel thinking it's a no-tell motel, and it's actually, you know, long-term people living Residence. there. Residents. Yeah. yeah. So they hear you fucking, which, you know, turns me on. <laughs> Well, um, it's—I guess it's old news. I just saw this movie. I don't remember the name of it. They were in Atlanta, Orlando, Florida, and it was that situation. They were residents in a no-tell motel. Yeah. Um, it's all about Disney. How she didn't go to Disney World, even though she lived right there. Wait, are you talking girl. about? Are you talking about the movie, The Florida Project? No, I don't think so. Oh, that's that's the same kind of storyline. It's about people who live in a hotel, a motel uh, yeah. next to Disneyland. Disney World. Is it a documentary kind of thing? Because this was a drama. It was a drama. It had. Um, oh, okay. It had uh, William Defoe in it. it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it's a beautiful um, movie. I think so too. Yeah. Okay, so his coat—that's Rudy, the German. Okay. And his coat was not supposed to be. He didn't Fur? get cast with that coat. He got there and he was in the skin tights. And he says, "No, my character's this German who flaunts and he shows off and he's a jerk." So. The cameraman said, hey, I got just a coat for you, my wife's coat. 
So that's what he's. And you know, the wife's coat gets a residual every time this airs. <laughs> Still. Yeah, she backed up the minx truck. Yeah, this. Yeah, right. And killed a bunch of rats, rodents, raccoons. That you know. So Harkin is like, I've seen you on the circuit. You're the greatest. And then the German is like, eh, like blows him off. So now. I know. <laughs> oh, they're turning around. Sonny freaks out. Yes, yeah, Sunny. Beautiful, but also intelligent. Rotate on this, you Nazi bastard! Hey, <laughs> hi, and nice coat. Uh, Here he is, American rat. Werewolf in London. Oh yeah, well, what's his name? Norton, right? Right, the only famous person in this movie, David Norton. Huh, David Norton, yeah. This is after Werewolf in London, so he's super famous here, and he also at this time had that. I'm a pepper. You're a pepper. Didn't Would you didn't like to be a pepper. Too? I always thought he had that campaign before American Werewolf in London. Uh, yeah, he. No, you're right. He did. But they they but kept I'm it going. This, <clears throat> I'm saying he was famous from that and American Werewolf in London. So right. why did he choose this film? I don't know. You know, he's also famous because he's uh, someone who was in the spotlight and disappeared, and people go, "What what happened? You could have been That's hot." Right. But, you know, he's back, but yep, he did. He's not in in the uh, public eye. Well, <laughs> <laughs> What's your name, David? Not in the public eye. Hey, Carl, I just got a I just got a call from the Mayo Clinic. It's good news. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my mayonnaise hasn't expired. I just need to squirt a little lemon juice in there. Keep it fresh, <laughs> excellent, smart. Yeah. I find if you you have to cut off the top layer because it's dried from the air and then you squirt a little lemon juice and stir. Well, that's another way. Hey, Carl, I wanted to mention while we're in the midst of this movie, there was a uh, uh, article in Ad Age that came out uh, on November 16th. YouTube is now showing ad-supported Hollywood movies. Last oh, month, the channel? YouTube quietly began showing ad-supported movies for the first time, giving viewers access to Hollywood titles, including The Terminator and Legally Blonde, uh -huh. for free. The platform started promoting the free feature-length movie in the movie section of the site in October, where it sold movies and shows for years. Consumers could buy the latest blockbusters and primetime TV shows through YouTube as they might on Apple iTunes and Amazon Pride, but there was never a free option to watch in the movies in exchange for commercial interruptions. We saw this opportunity based on user demand beyond just offering paid movie. Can we do ad-supported movie free to the user? said uh, our good friend from YouTube, who we love YouTube. It also presents a nice opportunity for advertisers. So it goes on a bit. So that we actually gotcha. stumbled onto it. So we stumbled onto it with Biodome. Uh, with hackers. Bio and, and Biodome. Right. And Biodome. Absolutely. Yeah. But you're right, it was hackers. And the thing, Biodome was on my mind because there's also a squirrel in this movie. There's a what in this movie? A guy named Squirrel. Interesting, because Polly Shore's character was named Squirrel. Nicknamed Squirrel. Right. Or Squirrely, really, but yeah. But his name Listen, was Dale, like Chip and Dale. Okay, yeah, here we go. We're at a bar. <laughs> okay, this is a wet t-shirt contest. Oh, this good. Was the infamous scene. Like, in real life, this wasn't really... I mean, they were filming. There was three cameras, but in real life, these are not actors. 
Oh. And they're local people from Squaw Valley. They are acting, don't get me wrong, and they did cakes and everything, but this was a real party. And all the actors, believe it or not, they have reunions for this. They had a 20th reunion and a 30th reunion. Oh, great. The season garbage. They're, everybody's so into it. It's such a cult. So anyway, that's all they ever talk about. Um, let me just read you some. Remember the German guy with the coat? Sure. He was hysterical. He goes, it was right after Porky's, which had a lot of nudity, and they're just kind of pushing the envelope. One of the craziest days of my entire life was the day we shot the wet t-shirt contest. That was a free-for-all I never experienced since in the movie business. And then Marvin, the guy who wrote this film, right? He goes, the real white life wet t-shirt contest happened in Park City, Utah, the World Cup in 1974. We're in the city citadel of Mormonism. It degenerated into a complete orgy on the stage. It was crazy. Four or five guys blowing saxophones, stripped to their waist, spandex we, pants. The movie version was tame compared to really what happened. Wow. Well, we just watched girls getting their t-shirts wet. Yeah. Yeah. And the action you're seeing on screen is pretty much real. Like, those girls taking off his shirt. Yeah. That wasn't they were just having a party. Yeah, that, that happened to be filmed, and now we're watching it on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> See those boobs? Seriously, though, think about the time, right? Right. It's the 80s, and boobs are coming out. It's okay. The 70s had just happened. Uh, here we go. Local boobs. Yeah, they're local boobs. That's right. So this That's is... why they're not perfectly shaken. Yeah. And for more information, check out hashtag me too. Oh man, you're yeah. so I watched nineteen eighty three Mike. Oh yeah, what I would say when this movie came out, I'd be like, Oh my yeah. god. They're so great. Yeah, this movie rules. Yeah, now I'm like, are these locally sourced? Right. You're somebody's daughter. Mike, seriously, you had no filter. You were like, Where is my shame? You okay, all right. So in nineteen eighty three I had no shame. I had no filter and now <laughs> I'm wearing a, a mask to come yeah, to filter yeah, everything. Like a cigarette. You got so much filter. <laughs> All right, so we're just partying. I've, now, I've been having this in the background. They, yeah. When they first cut the film, the, the, the director got fired from it because he made it a three and a half hour movie, and what? 45 minutes of it was this party. <laughs> <laughs> he got so, fired after that screening. That's so funny. You know, I, I have. Uh, I, I mentioned this last week, and I mention it every time. I wish I knew the book, uh, but the producer of The Mosquito Coast and Truman Show, uh, who's right. a real professional producer, and he wrote a memoir, and he wrote a, a chapter about producing Hot Dog the Movie, saying that was one of his big mistakes because he financed it himself with using his own money. With his house. Yeah, with his house, which is yeah. not the way you produce. If you ever seen the Jay Moore TV show Action, you know you don't use a use other people's money but uh he yeah he nearly lost his house on this movie and he had nothing right. to do with the sequel when they came out of that screening that three and a half hour movie mm -hmm. he was always seriously having chest pains chest pains it wasn't a heart attack it was like palpitations he's like i got my i did my and i hit mike this mike guy was like ed you didn't just see the movie give me just fire him put me in the editing <laughs> room i'll give you your movie interesting I'm pretty sure Mike uh, was responsible for Hamburger, the movie. I was always under the impression that, that, that the writer of Hot Dog uh, directed and wrote Hamburger. Well, you know, you could be right. It's just that I would think the Internet would have told me that. Um, well, I'm, I'm sticking to my chat. While we talk, I'm, of course, going to our good friend. Here we go. Yeah. He worked on 
Oh, by the way, uh, this guy's playing a horrible song. You should listen. Oh, let's rock And he'll never play again for the rest of the film. Wishes came into my life. Right. See, originally the film took place in Aspen, Colorado, mm -hmm. and his character was in love with John Denver. He only cared about skiing and meeting John Denver, and he was going to do that in the film, but it got rewritten. And this is the only thing that survived from that character. This, this, uh, is this supposed to be John Denver? Well, he'll mention wanting to meet John Denver, but it's really... Oh. It's his own song, but it's really just to say, I can't do it. let's cement the relationship between these two. My ears are bleeding. They're not just doing it. They're also in love. Oh, well, thank God. Okay, here we go. Hamburger, the motion picture. Mike Marvin. <clears throat> Mike Marvin, director. Well, that's great. He worked on the scripts for Legend of the Fall, Predator. He sold Kenny Rogers a vehicle called Six Pack. He helped yeah. create Better Off Dead. We saw the the spy with a cold nose directed Six Pack, the director of that film. Oh, Six Pack, gotcha. Um, I didn't know he. I guess I did know Hamburger the movie, but the internet didn't remind me of that. Yeah, because I don't think that that esteemed direct uh, producer had anything to do with this film after he made his money back, which he did. Uh, is he gonna? <laughs> he is did. he full frontal? I oh, know his underwear. This is um, pretty good. We're not seeing his dog. It's 80s. Right, but tidy whities you get to see his bones, and you get to see him. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we see the bulge. Yeah. But we leave to the imagination. That's uh, 24 I mean, minutes into the film. Are you guys taking right. count? Now he's going to pretend to fall asleep, and she's going to be like, you don't fall asleep on me two nights in a row. And now they finally do it. Oh, so he's going to pop open an eye. He's like, I'm up. <laughs> And they get to sleep on it, have sex on a waterbed. Oh, she's just taking you know, her own this, clothes. This made thirty-eight million. It surprised everybody. It wasn't supposed. To, the critics hated it. Its box office was great. Yeah, you know, Siskel and Ebert watched this scene of this topless woman jumping on him, and they're like, "Yeah, garbage." Mm-hmm. Yep. And the audience is like, "Yeah, <laughs> thank God." Oh, he's touching her. Very passionate. Oh, there goes. Well, there yeah. were no internet. There was no internet, and thus no internet pornography. So yeah, we talked about this before. One of the ways, as a younger person, you got to see anything was going to this stuff. And then not in just the theater; it shows up on the premium channels and also on video cassette, laserdisc. Uh, yes, but you know, like the internet is so readily accessible. Right? right back then we had you had your one tape right your old friend you know right yeah you know i okay. get you it's the next day they're at squaw valley of course and it's the qualifying run and werewolf in london is like damn that's a hot time there's squirrel we just met squirrel so who's skiing are these the actual actors or they're just like stunt skiers oh no no it's not the actors these are <laughs> real for real as skiers on the circuit who were hired and Mike Marvin knew them all. They were his buddies. Huh. As a matter of fact, none of the lead main actors could ski. None of them. Wow. So this Patrick Hauser, who is uh, Harkin, he went up there a week early for ski lessons, but he just never looked comfortable. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I would be scared shitless. Even stand on the Skiing is a young man's sport, because at a certain age you go, do I really want to fucking break my leg on this shit? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Because the speeds are going and 
Yeah. I'm okay, like, this is the very first scene they ever filmed. Okay. okay. He's just pouring himself with some gin. Yeah, because he's, he's the dog, the hair of the dog that bit him. And he's offering it to Innocent Harkin, who goes, no, no. So uh, one of the people we're going to meet here, her name's Lynn Wild, Wyland, and she's such a good skier. She, like, sort of earned herself um, a talking part. Let's see, where is she? A member of the United States Freestyle Ski Team, 79 to 81. Yeah, 1981 U.S. Board, champion, Ariel. 1981 U.S. Canadian champion in Bogle. So what uh, happens, this is the first day they're shooting ever, and the guy introduces her, says, this is banana pants. It just wasn't in the line or anything. Right. But they were like, okay, cut, print it. That's your name, banana pants. <laughs> so she calls him banana pants? No, he calls, he's her. introducing. He's like, oh, I see banana pants. There she is. Okay. And, well, I'm watching the Japanese guys with the, uh, oh, and Slasher, Slasher, uh, headband. Yeah, he doesn't speak any English. What's funny is, in real life, he doesn't speak a lick of Japanese. He fooled everybody on the set. Uh, this guy right now. To get the job in the audition, he lied and said he knew Japanese. He grew up in Japan. That's crazy. All right, so we're, we're waiting to hear more from him. They're still talking to him. Here we go. Let's see if he says anything. Well, then let's climb aboard in an orderly fashion. Spread out. All right. They're all going to go party. All Why right. my hotel phone ringing? Don't answer it. No, answer it. So I can, I can cover for you. All right. <laughs> oh, we're going. Hello? Yeah, we're going up to skis. How come it didn't pick up? That's a. Hello? Is it room Hi. service? All right, they're on top of the mountain, and they can't wait to go yeah, skiing. Yeah, everything's great. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye now. That's just Southern hospitality. She just wanted to make sure that everything was cool. Of what? I checked in. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the concierge who's outside, like, who the fuck is talking on the phone and using her <laughs> Wi-Fi? What the fuck? Is everything okay, sir? Okay, this is a Playboy Playmate of the Year. Finally, uh, Shannon Tweed. Shannon Tweed. Yes, he's a very famous you know girl. Yes, he's a cult, uh, cult actor. Right. She used this film basically as a stepping stone to dozens of other films. But I think it's most funny that today she's married to that monster Gene Simmons. Yeah, well, she's in the reality show a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I have no opinion on that. I hope she's all right. So they're meeting her, and it's basically like, come to my party tonight. And she's like falling in love with Harkin. So she's like, bring him. And then American Werewolf in London guy's like, he's taken, you know. He has a friend. And she uh-huh. goes, well, bring her too. Oh, that's like, sweet. She's so hot. You know, that harkens back to a Deheim or Chivalry <laughs> and proper etiquette. Chivalry the- is Fred. So every time they turn around and go skiing, it's a stunt double. Oh, yeah. So Werewolf will be like, hey, he has a friend. And they cut to like Tony uh, fucking Hawk of the skis. That's true. It really is true. Let's see here. I've got something written up on that. Who's there? Is Sean White there? Who who, who are famous skiers? Uh, Mark Spitz? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) No, no, he's a swimmer. 
But they must Every be famous skier. Every one famous skier, and skiing doesn't seem... One famous athlete, and skiing doesn't seem to have that. Well, it'd have to be Olympic or something like that. Right. But usually that's... You become like a super hot celebrity, and then it just... That's it. Where is my... The actors can't... Oh, here it is. Um, Rieger couldn't ski a lick. That's the German. And one scene on a bit of a slope, he delivers one of his haughty, arrogant, cocky lines... He goes to ski off and he trips and he hits the first roulette. They all fell over. Shannon Tweed couldn't even stand up when she had her ski boots on. People were holding her by the legs, acting as a base for her. Forget about her putting on her skis. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I would be totally like Sharon Tweed, which I am anyway, but uh, I would not be able to even balance myself on those things. I wouldn't sh- I wouldn't be sharing skis because it's, uh, you know, it's for your specific foot. It's she doesn't wear tweed. You find that ironic? Yeah, Shannon doesn't wear tweed. Yeah. Here we go. Then go speaking of going downhill, they are all skiing downhill. I was talking about the joke. This is some like. Here we go. I tell you, tweed is wasted on the tweed. This is like maybe like uh, who is it like? Um, fuck, Dave Edmonds or like there was a, there was one point in like new wave music where it was kind of like pub rocky. Like uh, oh, I'll think uh, of it. Yeah, gotta David be cruel to be kind. You know, Nick. Uh, Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, Video Killed the Radio Star was not the Buggles originally. It was a band yeah. that Trevor Horn was in from the Buggles, and their version was like a pop rocky, like a pub rock type song. Who what do I tell them? You know that type of thing. Boy, I'm gonna Google that. Yeah. I YouTube it. That sounds. It's actually a cover of. No, it's uh, it's serviceable. It's it's you know Don Henley or um, mm-hmm. God, it was the Beaver Brown Band. You know who I'm talking about? <laughs> what the <Yeah>. fuck, <laughs> John Fogerty. He knew an era in rock. I just wish had never happened. So I'm sure there's some. We're watching skiing scenes right now, and boy, they are sure hot dogging. This now movie that's d- really banana pants. She's not an actress. Oh yeah. Who's wearing yellow pants? The actors who were doing stunts only ever got to do one take because they would pay by the stunt. Right. So if well, you messed up, it wasn't in the film. Because we're watching some pretty crazy stunts for such a casual ski downhill. They're doing some pretty elaborate shit. Well, they're the most excellent, I mean, according to the script. This the reminds me of like, do you ever see Heavenly Bodies as an 80s movie where these girls open up their own aerobics class? School and then, sure. all they do is they aerobicize, you know, like from the eighties, and uh, it's just mm-hmm. footage of them exercising. So, so here this, we are. Uh, Edward Feldman, the producer. Okay. He he was out to dinner with Mike Marvin in nineteen eighty two, in this Tahoe city. You know where? Oh, look at him flipping up. Yeah, he's down. he's falling. He's like the last three jokes of mine. Um. So he was recounting all of his adventures in the ski movies between, uh, you know, and skiing between 72 and 76. And and so it was Ed Feldman who was like, put your adventures into a script from the point of view of competitor and we've got a movie. And so that's exactly what he did. Yes. And and, uh, thank God. Here we are enjoying the fruits of his foil. That's one of the rare scenes. Oh, there he is in Japanese. Yeah. I cranked off. 
So what, they're like scheming already? And that jump is totally awesome. Oh. No, they're just talking about good old days. We're seeing dumb jokes. What, like the Japanese guy karate chopping the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the shelled pretzel? Judo peanut. chops peanut to open it. <laughs> Banana pants. Banana pants to like booze. Snake legs. Banks. The Bonner's Berry that's the best place of the course, right? Like the the skiers lounge. Well, he had the best qualifying run. He's one of the inners. Okay, here comes the villain. Like, finally, the, it's kind of a he's kind of a bad guy. Yeah, he he's is got kind of bold. Who holding. is qualified? Here's John Ham. They all. There he goes. Whoa, crazy that. guys! Hey, gang. Arkin's on. The guy's listening to his Walkman in the background. Come back here, God yeah, that's all he does throughout the whole film. That's his joke. His name is Walkman. I miss that. I miss knowing references. <laughs> I miss knowing. That's why it's great to watch old films. Yeah, because I'm okay, like, so I know what Walkmans are. Here now we've got plot set up. Okay. okay. There's skiing rings around the European. But the Europeans are getting first, second, and third, and it's, you know, German TV is sponsoring this thing, so it's, like, obvious. Oh, that they got to win, that the Europeans... Yeah. Yeah. This comes from his real-life experience. Where is it? Mike Marvin. When I was at World Freestyle Skiing, Freestyle Skiing Association, the boys from the U.S. were really hot. The Germans, French, Australians were coming in 12th, 13th, 14th. We got to Europe, and suddenly the Germans started placing second, third. German television paid for a lot of those events. That was the basis of the plot. Obviously, Riggs scores. It's so important anyway, right? I mean, who gives a shit? The guy's skiing. They think it's history. Well, I mean, unless it qualifies you to the Olympics, then who gives a shit? Uh, here it is, James Sato, who played Kendo, couldn't speak Japanese. He had everybody fooled for the first three weeks. The first the three weeks? Asked, <laughs> yeah. At the audition, they asked me if I could speak Japanese. I don't speak any of it, but all the guys at the table were white guys, so I thought, eh, they never know the difference. Wow. I just said any household words in Japanese I knew from growing up. Wow. Um, so he goes, when I got the part, I had a friend translate my lines. But during the course of the shooting, a part, my part got bigger. The director would say, Jimmy, can you say this? And I'd go, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, when are we going to shoot? And they'd say about 30 minutes. So he would ski down to the lodge and call his friend. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, this is definitely vintage with the, with the local uh, topless. You could be in the movie. You got to take your shirt off. And, <laughs> yeah. and then, of course, him. Wow. I guess the 1983 movie would still be like, Wow, I saw a muff. You know. Yeah. Well, right now she just took a pill of speed, and he's like, "You don't need that." And you know, like oh, she they're did. hardly boyfriend and girlfriend, and she he's already like, "What was it?" Here we go. What difference does it make? What was it? Well, I don't like it. Well, tough. What do you think? We spend one night together, and you own me. That's the speed talking. That's just the speed talking. Yeah, that's just the speed talking. <laughs> they shoot this movie twice as fast now. Are they at a party? <laughs> it's 78. Uh, yeah, this is um, a party at Shannon Tweed's house. Oh. They were invited, and they were like, bring your friend, remember? 
Right, so that's the reason why she's taking speed is because she feels awkward at this event. Well, she doesn't know anything about it. Right now, Shannon is going to come on very hard to Harkin. And oh, let's hear it. I like Shannon. You were terrific today, Harkin. I haven't seen a steer like you in years. And I've seen them all. I'll bet you have. Oh, she's such a cat. Oh, zing. Oh, I like that. Like. Cat fight. Cat fight. Wow, they must go to the same hairdresser. Yeah, it's called 80. <laughs> he was in line, too. So much shimmer off his hair. It's like the, the lighting is blinding me. Might as well be bold. Shannon Tweed. She wasn't in the love boat, right? That's always somebody else who played Sydney. Or the little... I would doubt it because yeah. being a playmate brought her to fame, and that was 81. Huh. Actually, I guess love boat was kind of old then, but was still around. All right, we're partying in our sweaters. Check out those fucking ski and sweaters. Was... Yep. Yeah. It's that. It's. Well, it's not Aspen. It's it's ski culture. Ski culture, yeah. It's all authentic Mike Marvin. That Mike Marvin, he's bringing in the craft. Nothing better, Carl, than having a fucking skateboarder or a ski guy fucking write his memoirs and get it on the film. Squirrel just stole everything. Took all the shrimps. Jumbo uh-huh. prawn. That's an oxymoron. Empty shrimp plate, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> There's Rudy. Yeah. Our big enemy. There's Kyoto. Let's see if he talks. Oh. Yeah. This music. Oh, no. He's Hunter. Jealous. Jealous. He's going to get boozed up. Okay, now. Um, oh, no. Yeah. Not now. This is wow. Squirrel. This is a nice place. I no, like movies Squirrel like this. just forgot about the audition. Okay, I have this quote. Check this out. Okay. Uh, the audition was basically improv. There wasn't much of a script. I kind of forgot about it. Months later, I got a call from my agent. He said, we've got an offer for you in this feature film. I thought it was a mistake because he had mixed me up with a client, another client before. <laughs> Adrian Zemed. He thought it was Boris the- uh, Karloff, uh, Pickett, Boris Pickett. I should I get that? Is that a reference? I yeah, that was uh, we did uh, that surf movie. It's a pop pop world or oh, something, uh, whatever yeah. it's called. He, he he sings he sings the Monster Mash, but he's actually like a blonde little uh, young surfer guy. Well, he was no he. I know who you're talking about now. The author of Monster Mash. He was broad shouldered. He was dark hair. He was like a, a thug. Was he dark hair? Yeah, I guess. But he, yeah, but he was definitely like young. He wasn't like yeah. I always. I always mistake him for like a Bella Lugosi type. So she now slips him a Mickey. Um, okay, so she's she's actually going to date rape him. And she that's always a part of your show. Okay, here we go. Yeah. No, they were unknown at the time. They were probably like, we have to get our music into America somehow. How about teen comedies? They're popular. Oh, that was our Japanese friend. Yeah, well, those soundtracks and TV, during the 80s, soundtracks were big. Top Gun and, uh, yeah. you know, Kenny Loggins, Fla- Kenny Loggins Flashdance. And Footloose. Footloose. 
But any uh, any movie, like if you had uh, Beverly Hills Cop, you had The Heat is on, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Pointer yep. Sisters. So these movies were making a quick buck. I'm sure the soundtrack was out as well. So this squirrel, right? He goes five or six later after the movie came out. I was a snow. I was at in line at Snowbird. A bunch of twenty somethings came up to me, and one guy goes, "Dude, it's Squirrel!" Next thing you know, there was a mob around me. I guess it's called. I guess, maybe they mistook him for Polystorm and Biodome. You know how those twenty somethings are. They're like, whatever. Yeah, that's cool. Oh my God, Whoa. more boobs. Those are Playboy level tits. She's—I think she's seducing him, Carl. He got flipped to Mickey, by the way. Oh, so but he's Rahufenold. Wow. Look very. Wow, that's suggestive. What her bending over like that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't look very hypnotized. Oh, look at Squirrel go. Squirrel, cut back to him. I wonder what's happening. Oh, there she is. <laughs> Wow, that's some Mickey. I'm going to kiss you, but hold on. Let me just go. I want to. Do you want to put on something more comfortable? No, I want to get my hair done. I'll be right back. Yeah, right. Well, that was pretty uh, hardcore. Oh, there he is, dancing like a robot. Or oh, dancing. Oh, don't, don't. And the thing is, he's American. Yes, he's from a Japanese heritage. So he's doing all his Japanese stereotypes. Right. And tricking everybody. Yeah. Well, all the women are topless. Really yeah. Jesus Christ. Whoa. But I bet you that's not what Gene Simmons is seeing. I mean, the weird years do it. Have a toll. I'm sure Gene Simmons saw that and said, I, I'm going to marry her. Then he goes, gets. And then, unfortunately, he did. He said, What the hell? This is false advertising. I can't. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, th- I think I watched a lot of that reality show, or I watched at least two episodes. He opened the car wash he at one did? point. Yeah. I saw this one. He had an adult toy, like stuck to his hand and he had to go to a wedding I don't know if it's real it's so I know there's some story about his son is a cartoonist and there's uh, there was outcries of plagiarism and there was like a little controversy about that but mm-hmm. other than that you know I don't know if they're still married to be honest with you uh, but I do know of course I mean, you do know about his Fresh Air interview of course with Terry Gross Fresh Air interview with Terry Gross yeah listen if it's Gene Simmons, I flip the channel. So no, tell me. Uh, he say he's, you know, she's a PBS, not PBS, NPR, kind of elder statement. And he was just basically talking to him about what's between her legs. You know, I, I forget. Oh, how. being a dick. Yeah. Mm. The thing is, Kiss, I never thought deserved what they had. You uh, Kiss is not a quality band, and. Well, I'm not. I'm not going to say otherwise. But I mean, it was the whole. Look, they scammed their way to the top. Look, first of all, they're out of Detroit. Strike one. <laughs> Detroit <laughs> rock city, right? Is that what you're trying to say? The second thing is they were wearing that makeup, so it was a live pub band like um, trick, like a. Okay, let me put it this way: Kiss's first album ever was live, a live album. That tells you they were a road show, not a musician. Not They're a genuine musician. musicians that don't need the Their studio to show. Yeah, I know. The songs were horrible. Then. Oh, man. I can't believe we're talking about Kiss during all these scenes. Yeah, uh, big mistake, right? Yeah. What a way to kill Joy. So he's, he's Mickey, and they're, they're really doing it, I guess. 
in a hot tub. Gross. Like the thing is, is it really date rape? I mean, yeah, he got Mickey'd, but come on. He's totally into it. Not a, Yeah, I see what you're saying, but uh, if he's not coherent of what's going on, it's, and also, like, the attentions are bad, at least he should know they, that, you know, I mean, if he was into it, you didn't need to do it. So he wasn't into it. Now, here's Sonny, innocent. Yeah. No idea what's going on. Just me and my towel. <gasps> Hedonism. What? What? I didn't. I don't remember having sex in the bathtub while you watched. <laughs> that was his hedonism, and then there's hedonism. You know, he, that guy should just go check himself into a rehab clinic if that's his excuse. I don't remember having sex in the hot tub while you watched. Right. Yeah. All right, let's see what's going on. Well, she's trying to get them back, to get him back. Uh. And it's supposed to be so steamy, she can't see any peepees. So he's he had sex and then he went into the steam room? Uh-huh. Now that's... Oh, the German guy. That's our German guy, yeah. This guy, we are all friends Now I think the German guy is faking his accent, too. He is? What? No, he, yes. No, he could really speak German, it's true, but he, t- he lied, too. He went to the interview, and there were all these competitors there. And so he's like, yes, I'm, I'm German. I'm from Germany. He was, okay, here it is. Oh, all I right. grew up in Germany. I played soccer. Then I got into skiing. I went to the University of blah, blah, blah. The first day we were sitting around the dinner table, somebody said, would you like some more d'oeuvres? And I said, yeah, give me some of that. Everybody <laughs> goes, wait a minute. <laughs> what happened yeah. to your accent? What happened to your accent? He got caught. Huh. So he does speak German from his heritage, but he is a tricker. All right. Too. Yeah. I bet you the Japanese guy was like, "How could you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he must have been shocked as well. Oh, now they're getting it on in a steam room. That's gross. Oh no, he's giving the that massage and all massages. It's strictly platonic massage. <laughs> in between her legs. Oh, is that what he's? That's too steamy in here. Literally steamy. Okay, finally some uh, ski footage. That guy got hurt, so he gets a free sled ride down the hill. All the skiing in this movie is real. They are pros, and they know what they're doing. One shot pros. That's all we need in this movie. This movie wasn't meant to be watched twice, right? It was just meant to like agree. Hit the theater, make its money go away and it's never gone away well the fact that they had a 20th reunion yeah and then it was so successful they had a 30th reunion yeah it never went away I think I have stuff about that what other ski movies there was a Better Off Dead where they had a ski race at the end right they yeah. must have been and also the, the follow up movie from that director was called One Crazy Summer and he had like a regatta race at the end like a, like a yacht race so right that was when he used to draw and it would come to life yeah right right and uh, there must um, have been other 20th, ski movies uh, the 20th anniversary in 20th reunion in 2004 Rowdy ended just like the movie with Patrick Hauser Harkin Banks on fan shoulders spraying beer <laughs> uh, uh, Squirrely says At the 20th reunion You would have thought We were the Rolling Stones There were security guards Everywhere 
Huh. 150 people could, who couldn't get in were lining up at the door. TV stations from Sacramento to San Francisco. And we were just looking at each other, shaking our heads. This will never die. We'll be on oxygen bottles and walkers. They'll be calling us up there. Wow, yeah. Well, the new generation will can't wait to see uh, Hot Dog the movie. It's <laughs> You know, vegans hate this movie. <laughs> Soy Dog the movie. They made a movie for, they made a, a Soy Dog for a movie. <laughs> That's right. It's um, tofu the... Uh, wait, there's field sausages. What's, there's, there are these famous... Jimmy Dean? Vegetarian. Oh, well, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like Hattonfield's field sausages. There are famous. Yes, yeah, Sunnyfield or some shit like that. Right. When you have a sausage, there's that fennel seed in there. So that's all they got to do to trick you to right. anything is sausage. Oh, that's why I love potato chips. They could be like fat ass meat potato chips, but all you need mm-hmm. is smoke flavor for bacon, right? Mm-hmm. Fennel for uh, sausage. Just connotates it. It's still nasty, though. I'm sorry, man. I don't mind eating soy, but you're going to create a fucking veggie dog. I'm going to pass on it. I tried it, and yeah, it's passable. I mean, you take a bite, and you go, this is pretty cool. I like the way the world works. And then you're like, well, I got the rest of this fucking dog to eat, at least with like a hot dog. You know it's bad, and that's why it's so good. You know, like it's greasy for every bite. Every bite's like a meat mischoice, and then you right. finish it. Well, Hot dogs get all mixed up with frankfurters, you know what I mean? And turkey, chicken byproduct. I like the Angus beef hot dog. Okay, so here's our one-trick pony. He doesn't hear the guy because his headphones are on. Right, okay. Okay, finally, there's a plot point. You're starting position. Okay, okay. Why don't you turn that down? One joke actor. Well, that's what I want to be when the new Police Academy reboot happens. I want to be Cadet Twitter, uh, and all I do this. is I tweet. He's dancing on his skis. Yeah. Now, look, you're looking at something very bizarre, but it's not a joke for the movie. Okay. This is called ballet. <laughs> this is what the competition is? People were like, I, I, I it's a lot more interesting than just going downhill. It's like finger skating. Okay, so but downhill. in the early 80s, freestyle as a World Cup event was composed of three events, moguls, aerials, ballet. When freestyle became an Olympic event, the first two were made into separate disciplines, and the ballet was mercilessly put to pasture. Whoa, he's doing a flip on his ski! This was a real event. They would finger skate down the hill. I'm telling you, it's much more interesting. Like At least it gives you the time to stand there and watch something. Before right. it goes by you. They would play music, too. Gotta reach for the stars. Right. Gotta reach for your dreams. Yeah, you can't have a skis thing without that music. Look at this. It's so fuck. I, you know, I take back equestrian dancing. I think that sounds better than this. <laughs> That's horses? <laughs> yeah, you know, that the like Romneys did that. Like when the horse counts to three. Yeah. <laughs> the worst. I know what you're talking about the dance thing. They go sideways. Yeah, yeah. As a word, the after parties are terrible because they'll hear a song and they'll be like, "This is my jam." Clap, clap, Head side, side, head side, side and ninny, head ninny. 
and drop a couple apples. That's my horse dancing. <laughs> Electric slide. You like my dance? What's with the long face? It's a party. <laughs> it's a party. It's all oh, crab apples. It's a party. Why the long face? Oh, you're Love. just jealous of him. Well, he's no unicorn. Why? I don't see why you're. I'm sorry. I keep making these horse jokes. I know it's flogging a dead you. <laughs> oh, boom! That's pretty morbid. Well, Mr. <laughs> Ed was going like, "Why? Why can't you talk?" Because they're horse. You know, they always said that the reason that the way they made Mr. Ed on the TV show talk was that they put peanut butter in his mouth. But he was actually talking. He was if you listen carefully, you could hear him say, More peanut butter. <laughs> with some jelly next time. Mix it up. He goes, If you can speak, why are we paying this actor? You know why he talked like this. Peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, right. He was like that. You know why he talked like this? He was a little horse, Carl. He was a little horse. That's pony. Oh, he was a pony. <laughs> you know why ponies can't talk? They're just a little horse. Oh, I didn't know that. You know what horse is? Pon- man. It's a real thing. It's I know. So We're talking over this, and it's just minute after minute. So this three-and-a-half-hour movie had, like, full-on ballet performances. The sport just laughed this away. It was a real thing. Just, when it became Olympic, they just laughed it away. This is perfect Olympic shit. You think other countries are like, we're not doing this. And we created ballet. Well, no, but the thing is, this was never in the Olympics. It was in skiing competitions around the globe. But when the Olympics took on skiing... Oh. It's like breakdancing of skis. Guy did a couple head flips. Harkin. Harkin, you're the breakdancer on skis. I am jealous to German. I am jealous. I am jealous. <laughs> now, why does he get to stand inside the line? You know what I mean? Like, when oh, gets to hug his to buddy. Go, nobody. Yeah, right. I don't know. I maybe because it's they just. <sighs> Did you write a complaint? I would have complained to the manager. I'd be like, "This is not realistic." You know, um, the uh, uh, werewolf of London guy. Yeah. Check this out, man. He had a short-lived television show a sitcom called making it and you know that song that you remember from that was on the billboard charts back in the day yeah i'm making it i got the chance i'm taking it that's him he's singing it no shit no more no more do you know the song yeah i think i was trying to think what making it is i should have seen it Becoming successful in business. Oh, well, I'm not that much of a loser, Carl. I do know what making it is. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it never happened doesn't mean I don't know what it is. Mom. Bitter horse. What is making it? (laughs) Go back in the basement. We'll talk later. It's what our dad... If you don't stop knocking on the door, nothing's going to happen. That, um... They're breaking up right now because he's with, he's making the excuse. I was on the Mickey. Oh, and wow. he's stuck with that German. We're through. I'm going to San Francisco. About saying. time. But she doesn't. She doesn't go. The ski world blurs her back in. Well, she loves them. She loves, she loves ski culture. How much money do you have to spend to be part of this culture, right? This is more expensive yeah. than having a phone. You got to yeah. have a membership yeah. or you got to... Do they have a day job? Harkin says, um, Harkin says, 
in the thing that he he worked all summer to save his money to come. <laughs> but is this like a police academy two week course, or is this like you know a summer camp, or like? No, it's there is a contest, and they're all entered in it. Oh, I see. Are they playing lacrosse? In the snow? Is that is that lacrosse? What is that? He's got a joint. See, we are from Montclair, New Jersey, so we should know lacrosse when we see it. Right. We've seen Terminal Bliss. We should know. Yeah, Terminal Bliss, one of our movies. Lacrosse, they they do cross. Oh, I think they're playing hockey on uh, ice. Weird. They're playing field hockey on ice. Hope this works. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're field actually wearing boots. Interesting. Ow. Wow. He fucking punches the guy. Wow, all this shit looks like it hurts. And roll him. <laughs> it's a comedy. I want you to hurt people. Boom, boom, boom. It's, it's okay to hurt people because you make that, like, boing sound effect. Oh, it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Well, they're roughhousing. So there were super parties, and, like, there were divorces and stuff. The parties were so bad. So anyway, this Mike Marvin, he got called into, you know, squad's management office, you know, where the Olympics are. And they're like, you're going to have to pull the plug on this. We're going to, you know, going to ruin it if you don't calm these people down. And he says, I knew the guy since I was 18 years old. I could never figure out if he's trying to muscle me or show me that I wasn't the big shot I thought I was. It's not easy bringing a Hollywood production to a small town where you were raised in a one-room schoolhouse. It triggers all the jealousy you can ever imagine. Huh. Mike. Yeah, I mean they're 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 young or they're playing young. They're probably all in their thirties at this point, but they're uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, fight, cat fight on the ice. That's not banana pants, believe it or not. Well, That's banana pants would not be local. in the fights. She was she was in a different fight, but not there. She was too dignified. Yeah, she, we wanted to fight. 